This is 3P Theory, the podcast for AEC professionals seeking to elevate their knowledge on green building strategies and practical design collaboration for sustainable mindsets, bringing you changemakers, innovators, and sustainable leaders who have positively impacted the industry. It's time to get inspired, motivated, and fired up to take action towards a greener planet. Here's your host, Mike Brown. Welcome again, Carlos. You know, I wanted to start off just kind of discussing what bipolar ionization is, a little bit about the technology, if you can tell us about that, and uh, how this can really help benefit uh, projects. Sure. Bipolar ionization is an air purification technology, and I use the word purification as opposed to filtration. A lot of people get confused and say, oh, tell us about your filter products. Our products are not filter products. They are air purification products. Filter products catch something in a filter and can only catch what goes tries to go through the filter. Uh, purification is actually about breaking down and taking out of the air anything that you shouldn't be breathing. And so that's the first distinction is that our technology is an air purification technology. And it basically uh, is called bipolar ionization because it uses the oxygen that is in the air that we breathe every day, uh, whether it's indoors or outdoors, and the technology applies to those oxygen molecules a positive or a negative charge, which is why they're called bipolar ionization. And when those oxygen molecules are charged that way and are dispersed throughout the indoor space of a building or a home, they seek and find and react with any of the contaminants that people shouldn't be breathing, whether they be particles or allergens or viruses or bacteria or off-gassing of uh, chemicals uh, known as VOCs, uh, which stands for volatile organic compounds, uh, such as formaldehyde, which comes off of rugs, or ethanol, which comes off of furnishings or paint, or ammonia, which comes off of human beings. It's uh, a biochemical that uh, humans uh, produce. Uh, And all of those things that could be harmful to your health, bipolar ionization breaks them down and gets rid of them. And so when people ask me, what does your technology do? In short, it removes from the air anything that you shouldn't be breathing. And when people ask, well, is it safe? I say bipolar ionization is something that has existed in nature for as long as humans have existed. Nature creates ions in altitude all over the earth as a means of scrubbing out of the atmosphere any of the pollution that the earth produces. We've all seen volcanic eruptions on TV and the billions of cubic feet of ashes that they spew into the air, dust, chemicals, ash, etc., where do they go? They disperse throughout the atmosphere. The wind carries them over uh, land and water. And the ions that are naturally present in very rich quantities in the atmosphere attack all those pollutants uh, and break them down uh, and get rid of them and basically scrub and cleanse the earth every day, every hour, every month. And uh, uh, the problem is, is that when you go down to lower altitudes, especially urban areas, the pollution we produce depletes those ions and there's less of them to clean the air. And then when you go inside of a building, there's no natural source of ions. So Einstein, who discovered this phenomenon over 100 years ago, a scientist friend of his 
invented a technology to imitate and replicate indoors those same ions that nature produces outdoors. And so when you install a bipolar ionization uh, system in a home or in a building, it generates these ions out of the oxygen and the air that is already in the building or that is brought from outside and converts them into bipolar ions. And then the ventilation system, whether HDHVAC in a home or in a building or a portable unit that has its own built-in fan and ionization system, will disperse those ions throughout the space and they will find and attack and break down all of those contaminants. It's the only technology for air purification that we know of that has, has, has the ability to break down and go after all the different kinds of contaminants, not just some of them. Right. Uh, and yes, that's its main value. Exactly, because I know with, with MERV filters and HEPA filters, you only get a, a certain piece of that of that pie in terms of types of pollutants and contaminants. Correct. And then with that, you, you still have the uh, potential for it to persist in, within the space, depending on how you're recirculating air as well. Correct. And that's one of the wonderful advantages of bipolar ionization is that as long as the HVAC or, or the fan is running, generating ions, you can provide continuous disinfection 24-7 throughout the space as long as you populate the air with ions. They are constantly scrubbing and cleaning the air in real time 24-7. We call it continuous disinfection. Perfect. Yeah, and so I've definitely seen, you know, we, we worked together on a couple of projects and um, definitely utilized you all for a lot of feasibility studies. You know, we looked at the different types of uh, markets, whether it's, you know, gaming casinos, sports and facilities, um, you know, offices, things of that nature. Uh, and it can go both ways, both for new construction and existing buildings. And on the new construction side, I know a lot is being done, uh, although, you know, depending on, I guess, who's involved with specifications, uh, things that happen out in the field with contractors, um, with installing certain materials, a lot more is being done on the interior material side to minimize uh, harmful materials that are brought into the building and installed, whether it be actual uh, wall coverings, you know, adhesives, paint sealants, things of that nature. But obviously, this is another layer to add on top of that. And definitely could be very, very beneficial for existing buildings that may not have, you know, had those healthy building materials installed initially. What are some of the other benefits outside of health and wellness and clean air quality? Can projects see that uh, out of implementing something like this? Well, there's economic benefits, uh, uh, both in the cost of operating a building or if uh, you're an organization, whether it's a corporation, a company, uh, a government uh, organization or a school or a university, as long as you have numbers of people indoors, there's an economic benefit to providing uh, clean, purified air. On the energy uh, building operating side of the equation, uh, one of the biggest benefits can be that ventilation and building codes in every city and every state in America and everywhere in the world requires you to bring in a certain amount of outside air. Uh, originally, the original purpose was to prevent contaminants from building up inside of a building to levels that would exceed maximum safe permissible levels. But the bringing in outside air most times of the year, except in really temper temperate uh, temperatures, uh, require energy to condition that air, to heat it or to cool it. And those same ventilation codes state 
that if you are, are able to engineer into the HVAC of the building an air purification technology and recirculate purified air, you can considerably reduce the amount of outside air required and be in compliance with code as long as you engineer an air purification strategy. So if you cut outside air, and typically you can cut it at least 50%, it's that much less air that needs to be conditioned, heated or cooled. And so you can save anywhere from 20 to 40% of uh, conditioning energy, uh, whether you're in a hot or a clim- uh, cold climate, depending on where you are. Not to mention the fact, additionally, that most large buildings and, and collections of large buildings are in urban areas where there's outdoor pollution. That's, you know, it's more polluted than in the countryside. And cutting outside air by 50% brings in 50% less pollution. So it makes it that much easier to keep the air inside the building clean. That's the, the operating cost side of the equation. You can save a lot of energy there. Uh, this is in a retrofit in an existing building. In a new construction on that same side of the equation, if the engineer is able to reduce the amount of required outside air by 50%, then his cooling load goes down, his heating load goes down, and he can design into the project a smaller, less expensive piece of HVAC equipment. So not only can you reduce operating costs, but you can also reduce considerably capital costs, the cost of the HVAC equipment that you're going to put in the building. And oftentimes, that capital cost savings uh, will more than pay for the air purification uh, system that you design into it. And in the case of Atmosair, we found consistently time and time again that the reduction of size of HVAC equipment and therefore its cost will pay for the purification. And so the building owner will get all of the performance energy saving advantages of the air purification system plus the benefits of the air purification system at no extra cost. Now for the occupants uh, on that side of the of the ledger, there's can be for any large organization an additional economic benefit, which is that uh, uh, every company, any large uh, indoor uh, organization of people that is uh, living, working indoors has to deal with a certain amount of down sick time and absenteeism, and as a result, loss of productivity. Studies have shown time and time again that if you improve indoor air quality significantly, you significantly reduce the amount of absenteeism, you know, Mm -hmm. 10, 20, 30%, and as a result, your productivity goes up, your bottom line goes up, uh, you save a lot of money there as well. To give you an idea on on the scale of cost, Many consulting firms, um, uh, property management companies have figured out that the average cost per square foot in energy of a building is around 3 to $4 per square foot. The average cost of an employee, salary and, and benefits and, and insurance included, is around $300 a square foot. It's a number 100 times bigger than the energy savings. So any CEO or CFO that is not paying attention to that is throwing money out the window and and is losing money unnecessarily. And so by purifying the air inside of a building, uh, you can uh, save a company a lot of money by reducing absenteeism and increasing uh, productivity.
Yes, no, definitely. And I, I can reference, there was a study that was done with EPA and OSHA a few years ago, which I think is still relevant, if not even more relevant today, uh, that it was estimated $15 billion annually that are lost. Uh, and this is uh, across the, the, the U.S. Uh, due to worker inefficiencies and sick leave due to poor indoor air quality. Uh, so it's definitely, you know, large, large dollars. And I think this is definitely something that is going to be, you know, more of an issue that, you know, owners and facility managers are going to start to address. And then also even on the design side, on the front end, like I mentioned before, MEP engineers and HVAC engineers being able to design that on the front end to be able to minimize uh, what's required and things of nature, therefore adding to energy efficiency for the building as well. I think a lot of the things that uh, LEED and Will have done with trying to implement uh, indoor air quality strategies, you may be familiar with a couple of them in terms of being able to you know, separately ventilate and exhaust certain types of rooms based on you know, contaminants, whether it's you know, printer room, uh, chemical storage room, so on and so forth, but even some of the other spaces and then implementing ways to minimize pollutants even getting into the building with walk-off mats, so on and so forth. But even beyond that, which one of the things I love about your particular product and then others in the market as well, is being able to offer an opportunity to monitor how well that particular strategy is actually being implemented. Uh, I think a lot of times, you know, especially since it's not, you know, poor air quality is something that doesn't impact you immediately, but it's over time that it starts to affect you in depending on, you know, how long you've been in that particular space and obviously the concentrations. But, you know, typically there's a lot of times, and we actually attended an ASHRAE session here earlier this week that talked about how often facility managers don't clean out or replace filters. And so you have these dirty filters, you know, not only impacting impacting the HVAC system and fan operations and, you know, losing some efficiency on that, but also for the indoor air quality for those individuals. Uh, but that's something that you, don't, you that's not being monitored, so you wouldn't know it. It's something you can't see. And so just being able to monitor that is going to be something in the future that's it's going to be pretty important. I think having that opportunity just gives another another lens to evaluate how a building is performing. All true. So I know you mentioned earlier on residential projects, you know, there's a solution for that as well. So for any, you know, customers or consumers that are wanting to get something for their home, uh, even if they're in an apartment, is that something that's, that can be reasonably done considering they, they may not have an opportunity to make adjustments to their HVAC systems in terms of uh, retrofit? Well, we've had a, a pretty successful product uh, for from the day that we started doing business, which is our workhorse for the residential induct environment. Uh, and the, and we're lucky in that the U.S., the majority of homes have ducted ventilation systems. In New England, you have a little bit more of a share that only the, the, the ducted system only does air conditioning in the hotter months. And then the colder months is done with baseboard hot water heating and not forced air. Uh, whereas in Florida uh, or, or, you know, central U.S. going south, the central air does both. But the, uh, we've been very successful selling thousands of Matterhorn M1000 models uh, that you would put a single unit into each air handler of a home, and your average home has one or two air handlers. Only when you get into the higher end, larger homes, you know, four, five, six thousand square feet or more, do you get into two or three or four air handlers. 
but we have a, a simple, straightforward model, the Matterhorn, that can be installed by your very average uh, mechanical contractor in 30 to 35 minutes and plugged in and running and get the homeowner benefits from it within an hour or so. They'll feel the, the benefits. And for uh, applications where there's just no central air available or somebody is renting and the owner of the property will not allow them to, then we have portable standalone models. Uh, until a few years ago, we had a trusted and true, uh, very solid item called the P2000, which was this big black metal box with a built-in fan and an ionization tube in it. And you would put it up on a shelf and plug it in and turn it on. It had a fan that blew air over an ionization tube and out came ions that would spread throughout the room. But the disadvantage of that product, it was only capable of working in one room at a time. So if you had multiple rooms and you didn't have central air, you'd have to buy one unit for each room. Uh, we now have, a, a for the last couple of years, a newer, lighter model that is half the weight, half the size, and half the cost. And to cover the same area, roughly, you know, 500 to 800 square feet per, per room, uh, called the Rainier, like Mount Rainier in Washington State. And uh, so those are the two products that we have for single-family homes. And the single biggest reasons uh, for wanting those that kind of product in the residential world is primarily families with uh, family members that have allergies or asthma. This is an almost instantaneous relief uh, to anything that gives you allergy symptoms or asthma attacks uh, that, is, that is airborne. But some of the other reasons is if you have pets, uh, kitty litter odor, wet dog odors, people that are, have pet allergies, it removes the dander from the air that will give you a, an allergic reaction. Or if you have smokers in the room, uh, in the house, one of our more famous uh, customers is Keith Richard from the Rolling Stones who has a very large home in Connecticut near us. And he's a, everybody knows he's a heavy duty chain smoker. And yet his wife and daughter are non-smokers and they couldn't, they, you know, they had a rough time with it. So he, we installed our system in all 13 air handlers in his home and everybody's happy. And we service and replace those tubes every two years when they need to. So yes, where we have a couple of very good choices for residential applications. Yeah, no, and I think that's that's very beneficial. And, you know, I had a conversation with a colleague last year about talking about how energy codes and, and things of that nature may start to implement things like this uh, in the future in terms of being able to have thresholds uh, or just have monitoring included for new construction projects to be able to, to take a look at that. One of the things I've, I've actually taken on as just me being proactive and just being knowledgeable, like techie stuff, is um, I purchased one of those, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, AWARE, indoor air quality monitoring sensors. It measures you know, PM 2.5, CO2, humidity, temperature, and VOCs as well. And so- Yeah, you're it, talking about the Atmos AWARE system? So that, that is one of them. This one is another one. It's, it's, it's tied to, to my phone to be able to, to just know different levels. And you know, one of the things I, I notice quite a bit, and you kind of alluded to this earlier, you know, when it's, when you have the shoulder seasons where you may not necessarily require, you know, either heating or, con or uh, air conditioning. And so you potentially rely on natural ventilation is that typically when you have those windows and doors shut, you know, the air isn't running. So with the forced air, you're not circulating any ventilation that's being ducted into the, the, the unit. 
Now I do live in a, a, an older apartment. I think it was maybe built in, you know, the 1970s, 1960s. And so when those particular seasons or times of the year come, roll around, I can definitely see the, the difference, you know, in the buildup of CO2. And, I, and it's just me living there comparative to some of the other parts of the year where you have the cycling of that system. And so I can imagine, you know, people that have, you know, multiple people living in a home or an apartment, things of that nature, you know, you've got two or three dogs, cats, all this kind of stuff that that can start to become an issue over time and people may not, may not even realize it. So I think the monitoring piece again is, is, is really important. Sure. One of your questions was how does bipolar ionization compare with other active inactive air cleaning strategies? And the big, big, big difference is simply down to one technology is proactive in the space, which is ours, because the, the ionization equipment doesn't clean the air. It just generates ions, which are then blown into the space, and they actively seek out contaminants because of their charge and their uh, structure and find them and attack them and break them down and, and get rid of them, whereas active slash passive type of technologies such as filtration, electronic air cleaners, UV, only clean the air that goes through them, uh, through the return. And in, in your typical home or business space, you have uh, three to five air exchanges of air an hour. And that air that goes through those devices, uh, the filter will only clean the, the particles, but not the odors, the VOCs, the virus, the bacteria. The uh, air that goes through uh, a UV field will only kill the bacteria or the mold, but will do nothing for VOCs and odors and particles, etc. This is the only technology that in real time, actively in the space, cleans the air. That's the, the fundamental difference. Awesome. Awesome. And I know I've seen you know tons of projects you guys have worked on, pretty large projects and, and uh, well-known projects and well-known buildings as well. Can you walk us through maybe a quick case study of one of your most successful projects and kind of what were some of the outcomes? Well, I can tell you the biggest one that we've done so far was the uh, U.S. Bank Arena in Minneapolis where the Vikings play in Minnesota, uh, the Minnesota, the NFL, uh, Minnesota Vikings. And that's a million square foot facility. And they wanted, the, the owners of that stadium wanted the best air quality available in the NFL. The only other previous type of installations that we had done were several NFL teams, training centers or locker rooms, such as the Dallas Cowboys, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the New England Patriots, the Kansas City Chiefs, etc. But we had never really done the entire stadium before. And so we did this particular stadium, and in addition to providing good air quality for their athletes, for their patrons, for the, the, their spectators, they were very intrigued uh, at the ability to reduce outside air and save energy, especially when the climate there gets really, really cold. You can imagine, you know, <laughs> 20, 30 below zero in Minnesota can happen for several months. Uh, part of our deal with them uh, that, that uh, involved getting paid for a good portion of the project involved uh, guaranteeing a certain amount of energy savings. And they had set the bar at, I think, at about two hundred or $300,000 a year of energy savings. Wow. Well, we did. We installed a year ago in 2019 in January 
And after six months, we did an energy audit. And in six months, we had saved them over $400,000. So we, and that's in reduced energy operating costs, a combination of electrical costs and fuel costs for the, the heating and the cooling as well. It saved them a considerable amount of money. And so while they got all of the indoor air quality benefits that we talked about a, a few minutes ago, and you know all the people there noticed it, we over-delivered in the energy savings. A comparable project was the LA Staples Center, where the Lakers play. We did that one six, seven years ago, and uh, their concern was that they were in downtown LA, massively polluted because they were at the intersection of two major highways, 20 lanes on one and 12 lanes on the other. And the amount of VOCs from the traffic was monumental. And uh, they were using very expensive final filters. And uh, by installing our system and cutting outside air by 50%, their VOC levels went down by 90%. And they had energy savings of 21%, which uh, turned out to be uh, uh, close to $240,000 a year. And then finally, they were able to throw away those final filters, those expensive European final filters, because with 50% less outside air and bringing in 50% less pollution and the, the bipolarization cleaning the air, they didn't need those filters anymore. So it was a, a huge triple play. And that's a, a perfectly good example on a large scale of what our, our technology can do. Awesome. Yeah, those are some really, really great examples. I need to go back in and take a look at those case studies again so I, I can share with our group because uh, it seems like there's more sports projects that need to, to implement that. Any engineer that is not considering bipolar ionization in every single design that they are doing is not paying attention to what's uh, this amazing tool that's available to them and are not doing their client a uh, service by not considering that, except for uh, healthcare that is governed by a little bit different standard than ASHRAE 62.1. They're governed by a standard 170, which requires a certain amount of uh, air exchanges, uh, which makes it very difficult to reduce outside air. Even they see huge value in it. Uh, but just the energy savings and the capital cost savings, uh, engineers should be throwing this into every project they're doing. There's no reason not to do it. There's no extra cost to the building owner to do it. They reduce their operating costs, their energy costs. They improve the air quality by 80 to 90%. Uh, there's no reason not to do it. And the ones that are not doing it are not paying attention. And it should be as ubiquitous as uh, LED lights are becoming. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I find it that oftentimes a lot of people aren't aware of that. I guess I guess you can call it a performance approach to, to ventilation in 62.1 with the IAQ procedure. So uh, that's just definitely something, you know, we've been educating individuals on and, and owners. And um, so, yeah, it's it's something that uh, a lot of people need to start to, to pay more attention to. So, A word of encouragement to all the engineers that may have considered it. The single biggest reason we found over the years for engineers to not be willing to do it is because until now it had required a tremendous amount of time to do mass balance equation calculations to reduce the outside air to calculate the contaminant loads 
with the air purification system built in and clients just weren't willing to pay for the extra time required to do those wonderful fun uh, math differential equation calculations. <laughs> well, we've removed that obstacle from engineers by creating software that automates that calculation. And so now it's just as easy and quick to do as the VRP method. And so there's, like I said, there's no reason not to do it anymore. That's great news. That's great news. <laughs> well, thanks again, Carlos. Really enjoyed uh, the insights here. Uh, I know a lot of the folks will enjoy some of the additional case studies that you guys have available, and I'll share that as well as a part of the content. We have lots, dozens and dozens and dozens to validate everything I've just said. Uh, we are all about measurement and verification. We back up with data everything that we say. This is not just an empty promise. We have the data to back it up. Right. Well, great. Well, uh, uh, well Mike, thank you, thank you very much for the opportunity. Yep. No, I appreciate the opportunity. I think it's a wonderful idea. Thank you, and good luck with your future shows. Awesome. Take care. Thanks, Mike. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to 3P Theory with Mike Brown. If you like our show and want to know more, check out 3Ptheory.com or please leave us a review on iTunes or SoundCloud. Join us next time for more insightful knowledge on high-performance building design.